today, I got to have the best conversation with Denison Bertram. He is the CEO of Tally, and his vision for DAOs is one that truly inspires me, but also it makes me understand how it can impact our everyday life. And from one person making a decision to millions of people coming together, how DAOs can have a way to make it more efficient, better, safer, and actually have more impact on the world. I'm excited for you to hear this, this interview we just did. Dennison, what's up? How are you? Dennison is the CEO of Tally. And you probably are one of the people that I've followed the most around all of the stuff happening with DAOs, how DAOs will kind of be a future of bringing people together to make decisions, governance, and other you know big decisions. And I'm really, really excited to like hear from you what you think about the future of DAOs, but also as you've been building Tally for a while, I wanted to know what's your pitch for Tally right now? Like, how do you talk about Tally and what does everyone need to know? Right. So I think high level, the, the, the pitch for Tally really stems from sort of the pitch for DAOs. Uh, you know, one of the things that we think about is DAOs are this new organizational framework, this new sort of like building block of, um, you know, really just getting like humans together and coordinating, right? Like really most organization, organizational challenges are coordination problems and DAOs are a really kind of new tool around solving these coordination problems. I am pretty like extremely optimistic on the idea. I, I think that we are on the kind of um, innovation on the level of like just the creation of like corporate you know, personhood uh, in and of itself, right? Like this is just like this idea that you can incorporate on the blockchain um, and establish, you know, what governments give us in corporate personhood is some sort of like legal um, fallback, right? Like if we have some political disagreements or disagreements in general, we fall back on the legal system and the corporate personhood that's given to us by the state is, you know, adjudicated by this legal system. And that's why you really need the corporate personhood or, you know, bestowed upon it by the state. But uh, what we're doing here is we're, we're, we're taking out the necessity to have some sort of legal backstop and instead saying, no, we can, we can design the software to operate in such a way that the organization in and of itself is self-enforcing, right? So you don't need these external uh, entities to, to enforce agreements or dis disagreements. And of course, I think, you know, maybe the state has some disagreements about that because they, they like to enforce some state views on top of corporations. And, you know, I think DAO people have to deal with that. But high level, I think we're on the cusp of something like just really tremendously large, right? Like if you think of how big the idea of corporations are, how many corporations are, how much value is in corporations, um, that's kind of like what we're looking at for, for DAOs, but even larger because corporations are actually uh, very restrictive to, to, to um, you know, who can be a corporation and what can be a corporation. And for Tally, where we're at is <clears throat> we see we're still at the beginning of everything, right? And we are really trying to enable this opportunity for teams, for protocols, for L2s to be able to build things that that work, right? The, the coordination problem is not just the difficulty of like coordination, but it's difficulty on tooling, right? Where do you <clears throat> actually go to make these decisions? Where do you create these decisions? Where do you vote on these decisions? How do you understand who else is in this organization? And that's really Tally, the, the, the place that you do it, really. Tally helps DAOs work on chain, 
right? So for us, what's coming up is just really going down deeper into helping organizations become decentralized, helping organizations when they initially decentralize, helping organizations know themselves, meaning like tools around uh, who's delegating to one another, how do you delegate, uh, understanding how your delegates are performing. Delegation is a really interesting concept within DAOs where you basically like um, give your voting power to another person so that they can like vote on your behalf. Uh, tools to understand that, tools to understand how people are participating. Um, and then, you know, tools around what's happening in this DAO anyway. Like what are the funds? What are we working on? Um, all these kind of things. Like the, the, the sort of like design space here is really enormous. And we've been very successful in being very focused on one particular type of DAO framework, which is the governor framework. And um, what you see today is, is that the vast majority of DAOs are actually launching on the governor framework and launching on Tally. And we're really looking to dig deeper with these partners, um, help new partners on board, and just make these you know, DAOs really work. What is the governor framework? You said at ETH Denver, actually, the success of the governor is dependent upon it being clear, secure, and easy to use and understand. Like governor is not a new uh, thing, but you have terrific adoption. I really would love to hear you explain, like, what is it? What is a governor DAO? So um, there have been many different DAO frameworks o- over time. Um, everyone had some different kinds of success or kind of a different target you know, audience, some things to think about, like Aragon DAOs or a Moloch-based DAOs. But what happened uh, a couple years ago with uh, Compound, Compound created um, a contract called Compound Governor Alpha, which was their first stab at creating a DAO framework to run and manage the Compound Finance Protocol. Uh, what they did was they they sort of inadvertently sparked just like a rebirth of like DAOs as the mechanisms to run protocols uh, in large communities. Uh, but they kind of built what you would consider like a minimal viable DAO, right? Like this is an idea that Amin had uh, when building a Moloch DAO, build this minimal viable DAO where you were going to pool funds and then collectively you would manage the funds it would kind of almost be like this dis- dis- decentralized investment group, right? Governor was a little different. Compound had a specific problem. They said, hey, we have a protocol. We need to decentralize this protocol. Uh, and we need the community to be able to run this protocol. How do we do that? So they designed Governor. And Governor is a very simple modular framework based on token voting where it says one token equals one vote. You can create a proposal and you can vote on it. And if we meet a quorum, like a minimum number of yes votes on this proposal, this proposal will happen. The, the smart contract itself will execute the code in the proposal and that will be done. It wasn't this sort of question of using some sort of off-chain polling mechanism and using something like a Gnosis safe, and then ideally the people on the Gnosis safe um, move the decision over. Uh, it wasn't about trusting some certain individuals to be the signers or as like admins. It was how do we create a really decentralized platform where you can take some executable code? The governor is the admin of this protocol, and if this proposal passes, it executes it. Very, very simple. Uh, But that simplicity and that scalability means that the governor framework, now now, now we refer to it as the governor framework because it's gone through a few uh, evolutions and is now standardized in the Open Zeppelin library. It means that it scales from one user to millions of users. There's no upper bound of how many users can participate in a governor DAO. The security 
is incredible. It, it protects over $5 billion of assets today um, on using governor, governor frameworks, right? It's really exceptionally simple. It's very easy to reason about, right? Like it's not a kind of complicated mechanism of this and that and this and that. It's, it's really clear. You make a proposal, you vote on the proposal. If it passes, that proposal happens. And that's really contributed to the, the, the sex, success of uh, governor um, in the ecosystem. That's amazing. It almost feels like DAO is as impactful or as important as LLC or C Corp or S Corp. Um, do you see it as a, a like a it's almost a new legal entity that will change the formation of how people come together to, to build organizations? Yeah, I'll say that today it's not a legal entity. Very specifically, it's not a legal entity, right? Um, there are people working, you know, probably the most famous example is the Wyoming Dow Law, but there are other states now working on Dow Tennessee. laws. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just heard about that the other day. Um, yeah, I think New third, Hampshire. It was the third, it was the third state. Uh, to third pass, state? Uh, similar to Wyoming, yeah. Yeah, so, so there are uh, folks working on creating frameworks around it. In and of itself, it's not a legal framework, but, you know, folks are thinking about how we can adapt, interface it to the legal system, right? Because there are some nice things today that the legal system does, does provide. They're not entirely corporations, right? Um, and I think the distinction there is very important, right? Um, corporations, generally voting rights are held by shareholders and shareholders get profits and those are kind of like securities. And that's a very specific thing. In uh, many DAOs, I mean, I think Gensler would probably disagree. I mean, in Gensler world, you know, chunky, Chuck E. Cheese tokens are securities. But, you know, when we're talking about DAOs, really um, today, even in the sort of governor framework world, what the DAOs mean vary very differently based on like the community that is using them. Some use them to manage treasuries. Some use them to manage protocols. Some use them um, just to adjudicate disputes between one another, right? Like they use them in very different ways. Um, so it's not really accurate today to say that they are a kind of legal entity, but I definitely think that where we're going, we'll expect to see C Corp, B Corp, LLC, DAO, right? Like it's going to enter into the pantheon of uh, corporate organizational personhood, this like structure um, alongside with like the previous iterations of it, right? Being like self-sovereign, especially in, you know, whatever sort of like the future may hold, right? I'm not going to like go speculate on flying cars and hoverboards, totally. but um, you, you could certainly see how what we are creating today sort of like fundamentally changes what the future looks like. When you say this thing, personhood, it makes me think that actually, fine, if it's not a legal entity yet, but actually it could be much bigger than that because it could be used for so many things above and beyond even what a legal framework looks like today. Um, and it just shows how much in the infancy we are. One thing you talk about on your blog is you said a DAO landscape as a whole is still in its infant stages of development. It's a tale of two DAOs. 10% of DAOs are responsible for 65% of total proposals. Uh, it was like, it was one of those light bulb stats. And I thought, you know, it shows how early we are, but you're so kind of like deep in this and have such a big vision. What's your desire to in-state vision for DAOs? And if you saw everything happen, what would that world look like? I would like to see obviously more DAOs, right? Uh, I would like to see more experiments around how people use DAOs, right? Like even though we're big proponents of the governor framework and we think it's the, the best 
uh, option out there, there are still many ways that we can improve. We are working with the other members of the ecosystem to share information, share knowledge, find the common problems, find common solutions to them. But I personally would like to see, you know, this idea I mentioned a little earlier, governor scales from one person to millions of people, right? I think, you know, your presence when we talk, start talking about account abstraction and the internet, you know, these, this idea that you could go from one person to a million people and you keep the same entity is pretty wild, right? Like that's a pretty, pretty incredible idea, especially when you consider that like, the smart contract cost of that doesn't actually change, right? Like if you, if you were to run a corporation of a million employees or a million shareholders, um, that's an enormous cost, just, just running costs just to like, you know, send out updates to folks, right? Whereas, uh, you know, with on the smart contract cost level, right, like scaling an organization from one to 30 to 30 million um, is, is fairly negligible on the, the sort of like base level in a way that's very different if you were, going to do it um, in the sort of like standard corporation run. Totally. And as someone who also wants to see more DAOs in the world, what do you think in is one short-term and one long-term thing that's standing in the way of that vision coming to fruition? Like what needs to happen here to really make this happen? It certainly feels like there's a little bit of a war on everything crypto happening in the United States right now. Um, maybe that word is too strong, certainly, because there's also real wars go going on in the world that, um, you know, are clearly terrible events that are happening and it's nothing compared to what's happening legally. Uh, but innovation, innovation in the United States is at a little bit of a precipice here in, in the crypto world, right? The, the fact that our, our, you know, sort of like politicians don't see the difference between BitConnect and Uniswap. Uh, or that they don't see Uniswap as, as true innovation, right, that like America should be embracing. Um, and, and the fact that they've been sort of taking this weird regulatory tract of not really like regulating by, by uh, just basically taking folks to court, right, rather than saying strictly, hey, these are the rules or these are the frameworks that we can use. Um, you know, people are kind of left in the dark about is creating a DAO something that I'm allowed to do? Is this like a legal thing? And it's very interesting because, you know, I very much feel, you know, in the United States, we have, you know, we have certain rights that are guaranteed by the Constitution, right? And we have this right to assembly. And you would imagine that if you and I get together on a smart contract, we should be free to do that. Um, it's a very strange situation that we exist in right now where it's unclear, are we free to do that? Are we free to say, hey, I have an idea, Shane. It involves a little bit of math and some JPEGs and we get together on the internet and somehow now we're breaking securities laws, right? Um, that kind of lack of clarity on what is okay to do, what is the right way to do it. You know, a lot of these DAOs at their heart, they're very decentralized, they're very like, you know, they, they want to do their own thing. They don't want to interact with the government. But if the government had some clear form that someone could go fill out, right, and maybe one person KYCs, um, I'm sure many of these organizations would, right? Like, we, we all understand compromises and, like, the cost of doing business and trying to, like, you know, move forward and all that stuff. Uh, but there is no option for that. There's no there's no place that we can go and just say, hey, this is my DAO. Um, this is what we're doing. Thank you very much. I mean, some other nations are doing this. You know, the, the Marshall Islands has a, 
a public-private partnership with MyDAO, where their nonprofit um, laws allow you to incorporate a DAO as a nonprofit, right? And that's that's clarity. And I know a number of DAOs that have gone out to do that because they just want some clarity on being able to um, work on something together. So I, I think that today, you know, the, the other half of the, the answer to your question is the tooling. Obviously, the tooling continues to be better. Um, at Tally, you know, I lie awake just thinking about how do we make the tooling better? Um, how can we move faster? How can we get like more of the feature requests from people in? How can we find what the real pain points are? Um, but I think really today what casts a little bit of a cloud over folks is uh, am I allowed to do this in the first place? Totally. I mean, I, I hear you on one side. On the other side, I totally can empathize with the government. And, you know, when you see the crypto industry and all this price speculation and it seems like scams and a lot of things feel like securities because the prices are going up and people are losing a lot of money. Like it totally makes sense to me um, why there's a lot of kind of scrutiny and people looking really hard at the industry. And for me, whenever innovation happens, take like Uber, for example, when you had the innovation of a technology, but an old kind of older legal framework, a lot of things had to happen to kind of like shift that to a new way to work together. And I feel like we're in that. So if you had to be more on the side of how would you communicate clearly to the government what you need to clearly define what a DAO needs for the future versus a security that could be a token, how would you actually ask for their help? How would you ask for the support if you, if you could speak directly to the government? If I could speak directly to the government, I would ask for an honest desire to learn about the technology the applications of the technology. Because even the good projects have to exist in this gray space, it allows the, the bad projects to plausibly claim to be like the good projects, right? Because I think when you read a lot of the pronouncements, you know, you look at this idea of like shadowy super coders, um, you don't feel like you are actually being heard or being given an opportunity to explain clearly what the value is, right? To, to, to label folks that are, are trying to build more equitable institutions as, as shadowy super coders. Um, you know, the New York Times recently referred to crypto as a casino um, is, is really unfair, right? Because what they're doing is they're on, you know, Instagram or TikTok, and they're, they're basically listening to the loudest voices out there Crypto is permissionless. Anyone can come in here and say that they are in crypto, right? We don't block anybody. There's no we to block folks. Uh, but the people who are actually building things are not on TikTok all day, right? So clearly I'm not, you know, on television um, talking about shilling NFTs all day long or, or you know, BitConnect or some sort of scandal because we're, we're busy building things. So I would ask that there be an honest attempt from government officials to really interface with the number of organizations in the space that are looking for regulatory clarity, that are looking for guidance from the governance, that are looking for frameworks that they can honestly build on to be able to do that. But when you look at, you know, Coinbase, you know, Brian Armstrong has been been quite open about his and Coinbase's, you know, sort of uh, experience trying to get licensing, trying to get clarity, um, and not finding it, uh, it makes it hard for smaller organizations to think that there's a realistic possibility here when you know a pu an enormous publicly traded corporation with billions of dollars can't get 
clarity from from the regulatory agencies. How is your you know NFT lemonade standout going to do the same thing? Whether it's a government official, whether it's my friends in Peoria, Illinois, whether it's my mother in California, what is the use cases that actually inspire you the most? That feel like everyday use cases? Where could this impact my life? Where could this be something that tomorrow I'd actually start using this and it would make total sense to me? If you've ever lived in a condo or a co-op, you know that you live in a building with a bunch of other people and you own your apartment, but collectively you need to organize the, the insurance every year for the building. Somebody's got to plow the snow drive, the, 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 the sidewalk, right? You have to fix the roof when things leak, right? You have a collective organization here in a very real way, right? There's tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of co-ops in the United States, right? This is a perfect opportunity for a DAO. It's a small organization that I have been a part of co-ops. They are impossible to get anything done. Impossible. <laughs> possible to get anything done, right? There isn't great tooling around organizing two or three to, to hundreds of people. You know, you look at the collapse that Miami apartment building, um, you know, a few years ago. Why did it collapse? Because the co-op couldn't come to agreement about keeping the building standing, right? Um, you could imagine that your co-op could be a DAO, an organization that doesn't have to go to the legal system every time there's a disagreement. You have clear rules of how things work. You can imagine your block association being a DAO. It is a kind of legal organization. They collect money, they throw a party, right? They organize to like keep neighbors safe, look after one another. You see charities, like at kind of every level of society, we have these like organizations of people that today are extremely inefficient. They're extremely inefficient to participate in. They're extremely inefficient to start or to stop. They're extremely inefficient to like raise capital and deploy capital. And yet they're kind of all around you, right? Think of the inefficiencies because uh, condo associations can only agree to hire somebody else to do it all for them. Think of the inefficiencies of, inefficiencies of you know, your block association. How many block associations are there in the United States, right? Like how many civic associations are there? States, right? So maybe that's like, it seems like a very like silly example. And, you know, maybe, maybe the viewers here are going to be like, ah, oh, who cares about your local condo board or, or something? But this kind of like inefficiency in organization exists in our day to day lives, but we just put up with it. One thing that I'm really interested in is to get specific on the types of things you want to see DAO tooling or DAOs themselves expand to do more interaction. So right now, there's a lot of stuff happening between monetary transactions, exchanges of services, governance, et cetera. But what else can the DAOs do or what toolings need to be built that you think will mature and reach more of their potential? Yeah, so something we haven't talked about yet is sort of the public goods of the decentralized space. What I mean by that are protocols, and L2s. These things need DAOs because when you use an L2, you are trusting the mechanisms of the L2 that determine the state. And this state is not forkable, right? When we talk about the L2s that exist out there, the optimisms of the world, all the other L2s, I use optimism specifically because they use the, the governor framework. 
they they anchor that L2, which might one day service, you know, hundreds of millions of people, to Ethereum at one point. And that's not something that can be forked, right? Like prior, we used to call, we used to settle disputes by forking, but we have a lot of technology today that can't be forked. So you need DAOs in order to govern the state of these public goods, how these things work. Same thing with DeFi. You can't fork DeFi protocols because you can't fork liquidity. The money is in Maker. You can't fork Maker and make a new Maker because only the money is in Maker, right? Um, for these things, DAOs are absolutely necessary. Corporate structures traditionally are not going to work when we are scaling these decentralized systems to potentially billions of people, right? So for that, DAO tools like Tally have to stand up to the challenge of clear and transparent, being the best place to run your protocol, giving users an ability to understand what running a protocol actually means. Oh, you use ENS? Oh, you're part of the ENS DAO? You are actually governing the name space of the Ethereum name system, right? A lot of people, maybe that's like a little bit trivial, but that's actually a huge thing, right? To be governing a protocol that says denison.eth should always mean denison.eth. And these are the rules behind domain spaces, right? Um, so hopefully I'm going to like make that a little bit short there to, to, to hopefully make that sort of like clear. But we, we need tooling that allows you to participate easier, to delegate your vote if you're not interested in participating, right? Because in the future, we kind of expect everyone to be in a million DAOs, but nobody has a million different, you know, discrete pieces of like attention to share. So we need better tooling that really makes these things more efficient. Amazing. I want to end on this piece you wrote and you said DAOs don't need CEOs. They need a mission. And I really want to, everyone to read that, but I also want to hear you talk about it. Because in that piece, you said the reality is we live in a, a VUCA world, V-U-C-A. And you said V-U-C-A stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. I mean, if that sums up where we are right now, <laughs> I, that's how I feel, you know, after what just happened and where we're at. How does this approach inform how you're building Tally? It is an incredibly volatile world. And what we are doing at Tally and how this informs the way we build at Tally is being really focused on what we think needs to be built in order for these organizations to work. There are primitives that we already know. We know we've been at this for a number of years. We, we work very closely with these communities, um, folks like ENS, folks like Uniswap, folks like Gitcoin really seeing in real time, what are the challenges? All of these DAOs are doing the great work of figuring out what this future will look like. At Tally, we're really focused on being their partner in that, you know, sort of mission and journey, right? So for us, even though the environment is kind of really crazy and sometimes it's really scary and sometimes it's really euphoric, um, at the end of the day, we're still solving coordination problems and we can still see our way forward through what needs to get done because all these proposals that are happening, every time a proposal successfully passes, we ingrain a little bit deeper that DAOs work, that we can solve these coordination challenges and we can do really big things with them. So I think that helps certainly me get through, you know, 
crazy times that uh, we may live in one way or another. Um, but in many ways, DAOs are, and Italia as well, is it's kind of like a rock out there in, in this like crazy environment that you're in where we're really consistent, um, try and stay focused and really just be, you know, keep your ear to the, the, the rail, really to understand what people need. Amazing. Denison, you are a shining light for the future of DAOs and your vision is inspiring. I hope that everyone um, kind of really listens to this and has a new appreciation for how much impact this can have when you think about going from one person to millions of people organizing around causes they care about to have an impact in the world and doing so in a more efficient way. Um, it makes so much sense. And so I really want to thank you for coming today. And, uh, you know, thank where you. should people actually get a hold of you? How can people reach you? Uh, so the best place to start is uh, check out Tally, tally.xyz. Uh, uh, you can reach me myself on my Twitter, Denison Bertram. We also have our own podcast called Dow Talk, um, where uh, we have Tommy and Tyler, uh, they work hard on disseminating the, the, the word of DAO uh, with a lot of folks in the ecosystem. So there's a lot of ways to get in touch, but I think the best way to start is uh, visit us at tally.xyz. Awesome. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Bye.